Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the and good afternoon slash evening slash morning wherever you are we're back again this is ghost chronicles international i am ron kolick your host and with me is i losing my voice what the hell uh is the gold standard in ghost hunting uh, the most honorable steve parsons good evening <clears throat> I don't know bless you bless you no that was a clearing of the throat because i don't know oh. what's going on let me take a slug of tea. Maybe that'll help. It might do. Mm. Me, meanwhile, <sighs> hey, bit of news for you while you slug your tea. Uh, I already slugged it. Go ahead. All right. Then. But uh, news all breaking right. to breaking news today. Yes. The first sighting in 2022 of the Loch Ness monster. No captured, way. Captured uh, by the. Around Loch Ness, there are a number of webcams, and uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. one of one of the webcams has managed to capture. I think it's about two and a half minute segments, really? showing two creatures uh, or Kiss two it. objects uh, that are moving, Upping. clearly clearly moving um, against the current flow. So make huh. it as you will. Yeah, I'll have to see this video. It sounds yeah. interesting. I think it's on the Daily Mirror uh, news, one of the news feeds from the Daily Mirror newspaper. Of course, that reputable uh, news organization. Yeah, well, they might not be reputable, but the webcams are. Okay. Anyway. Uh, okay. Anyway, so we've added a new feature to all the Ghost Chronicles shows, and that is called The Last Word, which I will end the show with the last words or, uh, of someone, whether it's their own last words or their epitaphs. Uh, so there you go. It just sounds so, like an excuse for you to have the last word. You know what? With Ian, I bet you that's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Although with you, I might be too. <laughs> you can give it your best shot. Uh, yeah, I will. I already wonder. Totoro, I would speak to her harshly. <laughs> yeah. Did she listen? No, of course not. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so lots of things. You and I uh, were both out. I went to a library book sale, and, and you were, uh, I, what do they call it? Uh, antiquing. Yeah, but there's another word for it. Wasn't it was it in the antique shop? Yeah, it's antiquing. Oh, okay. True. What do you call going it when you, you, you go to, like, flea market stuff? Uh, car booting. Car booting, yeah, I always like that. You, you English always get a nice little word for something. It's it's kind of the same as, you know, uh, yeah, well, it's just what we do at weekends. But, yeah, yeah m- myself and my, my lovely wife had a, a day off without the boys on Friday. They were in school, and we decided to um, hit the road and just hit some antique stores and just have a browse. And uh, Sweet. Yeah, that's what we did. And, that's uh, fun. It was. It was a very enjoyable yeah. day. Uh, we get over there, Jan and I will have to do that with you. That'll be a 
a lot yeah, of fun. Take, take a big trunk. There's lots. Mind you, it's the same when, whenever I come over stateside. And yeah. uh, as you know, I'll be back this year, finally, um, unless we have any more variants. Yeah, who knows? Um, yeah, who knows? Fingers crossed. Uh, I never I, I did two years. I I always deliberately because I know how how tempting uh, some of those uh, antique stores are in America. Yes, I are. always deliberately bring a case that's too small. Ah. Really? Uh, yeah, because I know that I would spend everything in you know buying stuff, and so to stop myself. And this is the guy that also uh, brings throwaway clothes so they can has more room in his suitcase. Yeah, <laughs> Going back. That's, that's right. Because that was an old, tr- an old trick I've used many years. You pack all your old clothes and then you wear them one last time and then you, uh, you get rid of them. There's no washing. Yeah, and you, of course, you, you, you come over, you might see some uh, homeless person wearing them on the streets. Oh, my. Well, good luck to them. Because I donate uh, them all, of course. You know, I donate them to the charities. Well, that's, well, that's good. Yeah. Um, but it does mean that the old trick works because although the case is small, coming back, it's mostly empty. <sighs> although coming out this year is going to be a bit fuller because Paranormal Kitty's got to make the return trip. I don't think so. she's going to get by cast customs. I really don't. I think it'll be all right. I don't think so. I, I really give it a uh, shot. I'm going to give it a shot. Listen to the TSA people, and they're, they're telling me that they won't allow it. Well, I, I mean, I was a bit nervous bringing her over to the UK because mm-hmm. you know, um, because of the wires and the batteries and all the things mm-hmm. inside when they go through the X-ray machines. But US, US uh, TSA, they they let her through one way. So well, of I'm course, it's because you're famous here, you know. Yeah, I remember that. First thing over, <laughs> tap on the shoulder, TSA uniform guard. Hello. Oh shit. <laughs> it, it, and it was it was a really nice lady. I I regret I can't remember her name now, but uh, she'd been at Spirit Quest. Yeah. And uh, I uh, we we chatted, and I said to her, "Just do me a favor next time. I uh, just don't ever tap me on the shoulder if you're wearing uniform." Yeah, <laughs> or you know, that's not the way you did anyway. That was terrifying because I've just come through security clearance, and you know, you get uh, yeah, to that yeah, moment, yeah. you think, "Thought you're going to you know, get a little animal probe, did you?" Well, you know, you're starting to put the stuff back, and you know, put your wristwatch on, and your belt, and all the other bits, and okay. collecting all your things. And then there's a I am not on looking the shoulder. forward to that. I am not looking forward to that at all. It, it's no fun. It is mm. no fun. I mean. It doesn't matter how innocent you are, um, because they they always, you know, I always get metal scanned, always mm-hmm. hand up. Um, and trying to trying to com- be compliant mm-hmm. whilst keeping an eye on on, you know, the luggage, which is just there Loaded where anybody stuff. can pick it up. We're loaded with good stuff. And, of course, you've got to take all the laptops out and all the uh, electronic devices. Uh, don't and bring it. The... You can't bring any of that stuff. Yeah, you, you've got, you know, any, any, even your, even your, uh, your mobile phone. 
Yeah, but that's small enough that you can keep your eye on it. You know what I mean? Laptop. Yeah, no. Well, you, yeah. well, the small things are harder because you have to put everything on on top of everything else, and you know they're in three or four trades because oh, of the way they yeah. they. It's not, you know, that's the way they want them. Yeah, I did a uh, when I I went to uh, of course this is way before all this stuff that's going on now. But when I went, we still had TSA and everything. They still did inspections. What I did is I put all my and I had this. Uh, thing that you're supposed to like put your toiletries in and stuff yeah. and i took all my ghost hunting equipment my recorders and emf meters and all this stuff and, and threw them in this clear plastic thingy and i threw them in that box and that went uh through pretty easy until on the way out when they they stopped me and they wanted to tell yeah. me about their their ghost but yeah. anyway yeah that's happened yeah that's happened. so i i you know speaking about ghosts i i, I have a uh, something to uh, relay to you, and I'm curious what your thoughts are on it, because go right you know, ahead. Okay, so I ran into this gentleman today, and and uh, he'd been well, married. Literally. For, no, <laughs> that's a, that's a U.S. that's a U.S. saying. We say we say that stuff, you know. Oh, it's just I just it's like you saying, are you okay? You know, you say, are you okay? It's like uh, yeah, we don't mean uh, it. So wait a minute. You know what? When you have uh, your antivirus stuff in there, do they get rid of cookies or biscuits? Uh, we get biscuits. No, seriously. Do they do they call them cookies or biscuits? Well, we have both. Um, a cookie is a soft baked biscuit. No, no, I mean on computer. Your computer. You know, you have cookies. Oh God. Oh, sorry. On computers. Yeah, we have cookies. Yeah, they're still cookies. They're not biscuits. No, they're not biscuits. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was That'd saying. Be... I get it. I no, saw a the, little... only, the only biscuits on my computer are all over the keyboard. Yeah. So, uh, I, yeah. <laughs> so I, I saw a, a, a little uh, uh, political, well, I guess it was, well, I don't know, it was a cartoon in the paper and, and, and it showed somewhere in England and it shows a guy's sitting at his laptop and it says, uh, your biscuits have been removed <laughs> or something like that. It was so, that's why I thought it was kind of a humorous because. Well, it would, except that nobody here in the UK would ever call computer cookies cookies. They've always been cookies since day one. That's because it's an American thing, you know. It's you know. Yeah. We, well, we, we invented, you know, we well, invented you know, everything. Microsoft and Apple, you know. <laughs> we own the rule of the world. Microsoft, in fact, every time, every Amazon. Time we, because of because of um, uh, what do they call it now? Uh, Privacy laws over here. Oh, yeah. Privacy. Our privacy in the, in the US. Yeah. We have to, uh, every time we click on a website or a web page or a news article, a uh, little pop-up comes up on the show. It says, do you wish to accept cookies, reject <laughs> cookies? Every single Eat cookies. <laughs> Eat cookies. So we're used to that term, but that's okay. not the same. But we wouldn't go into a, I mean, we would go into a supermarket and buy cookies or Biscuits. Biscuits. Mm. But there is okay. a difference and we, you know, they're not the same. Okay. Yeah. So I was ran into this. Anyway, you ran, in, you ran into a gentleman today yeah. and he's all and, right. And he had been married for a great number of years and his, his wife died. And uh, shortly after that, uh, he had a, a Christmas, huge Christmas cactus. Uh, you know what a Christmas cactus is? I do. We have one on our window ledge. Okay, Christmas cactus. And how often do they bloom? At Christmas every year. 
And for how long? Uh, two or three weeks. Yeah. So he he uh, it was his wife's Christmas cactus, and uh, I think shortly after uh, she died, it bloomed. But then it continued to bloom for six months. So he always kind of thought that was his wife's way of letting him know that he was there. Now, uh, he just recently he had this other thing. He was in his house, which is very secured, uh, and uh, he was in bed. And then he felt something touch his leg, and then he was the covers were pulled, and then all of a sudden he felt like a huge electric shock go through him. And he got really cold, and he believes that that was once again his his wife letting him know that he was here. Now, by giving to, him an electric shock. Well, well, you know what? <laughs> so, no, now, 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 wait a minute. If you read it, some if you read some of the uh, uh, accounts of some people, and I'm saying not saying not necessarily not, but there are instances where where people believe the spirits had gone through them where they felt electric and they certainly felt coldness uh uh you know when they said oh you know uh what isn't there a, a saying in fact where, where you get a chill and it's like yeah uh, uh someone walked across my grave or yeah something like that um, yeah i just felt someone walk right through me or, yeah so yeah so i we mean so there isn't commonly. a possibility so you know there's there's no proof that causes anything happened other than you know something natural but to him it was a, a he really believed you know he would swear on bibles that that was his wife and he, he found great comfort and you know it brought kind of brought little tears to my eye too when he was telling the story as it is now uh do you dismiss something like that would you if you were if someone told you that, how would you handle that? Well, I certainly wouldn't be a crass and insensitive bastard and explain to them that they could be, you know, uh, that would, <laughs> no, that they, that both of them could be easily explained. Um, because you've got to be mindful that that person is deriving a great deal of comfort from those experiences. Exactly. And if that's the case, then I'm not going to burst that bubble. By mm -hmm. by um, you know saying oh well you that might be you know that's interesting but mm -hmm. I would just go that's it you know thank you for telling me thank you for sharing that's uh, yeah. and leave it there because they're deriving a great deal of comfort from it I mean exactly. you know of of uh, I mean the cactus um, certainly you know an indoor cactus we have one on our on our window ledges as I mm -hmm. said before it's a Christmas cactus it it predominantly flowers around christmas mm -hmm. uh, it shares the window ledge with a cactus that ethan planted uh, about oh it must be about six six seven years ago now uh, mm -hmm. and it was a little tiny two inch high thing he got when he was a cub scout and uh, they all went off and planted it and he, he neglected it and it sat on the window ledge and you know can't kill it, cactuses they're awesome <laughs> well this thing is now two and a half foot high there you go. Uh, um, but in the pot with it is another cactus that flowers from Easter through to Christmas continually. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. um, new flowers come in on it all the time. 
Yeah. And last year I moved, I because they were getting too big for the pots, I moved mm-hmm. the Christmas cactus into a different, I repotted it. Mm-hmm. And within a few weeks it flowered. Yeah. And that was, you know, much, much, much earlier. Yeah. He went to a, a horticulturist and asked them about it. And, and they, of course, said they were not, you know, that is not typical of a Christmas cactus in this climate and, and so forth. But, uh, yeah, but indoors and, you know, you know, he knows that they know it's indoor and they, yeah. that's what they do. They grow no, these, I mean, this is the horticulture. They had a greenhouse and everything. So, yeah. Oh, well. uh, so I mean, that's, that's their belief. But, that, but to get back to the original point, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. that I'm going to say to him, well, I've got a cactus that flowers, you know, a bit weird. Right. Um, you know, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be too impressed with that. Because it gives him comfort, and I'm exactly. not going to be—I'm not going to be so insensitive as to as to you know even bother going down that avenue. In, in reality, be, he's just sharing be, that you. He's—he's he's really not asking you for. No, he's an not. Opinion. He's not. Yeah. He doesn't and so why would why sharing. would anyone do that? Yet there are people on. Oh, Facebook there are people out there. We just are destroy people. that. Because they they think that they are. Uh, that that truth overrides or that their truth overrides because we can't say with you know absolute certainty that his wife didn't cause the cactus to flower or that she didn't come and visit him in the night and pull back the covers and and rub along uh, you know rub alongside his leg um, and if you can't prove it then shut the f- up yeah you know it's we, you, you can't disprove fact. it either you can't in all fairness so, but, I mean, anyway. you, you, you've got to take you, the attitude of you can't disprove it can be a bit of a double edged sword because this I week, know what over, you mean. I know what you're going to say over here that. in the over here in the UK. We were uh, one of our uh, satellite channels is having the annual UFO week and they've been screening Ooh. some new documentaries Ooh. and and some of them have been uh, a couple in particular have been really, really interesting to watch. But there is that fallacy of, well, there's no such thing as, as aliens because you can't prove that they exist and you can't prove that they don't exist. And and this is the fallback position that, that both believers and skeptics are like. Well, that's not a, a position at all. You can't prove they exist, but you can't prove they don't exist. Well, but so this is a position it's, it's, that... That's that, neither one of them, that's proof. <laughs> yeah, but people take the position that, that suits their beliefs or suits their arguments. Right. Uh, and and they they bandy this this word proof about like it's oh, some God. sort of cudgel, you Don't know. This, get scientific. Uh, well, that's, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, Can't throw that yeah. in there. Yeah, you got to throw that in there. But yeah. going back to the documentary, I mean, it's been fascinating because they've been interviewing. It's a brand new documentary, uh-huh. um, and they've been interviewing top scientists within um, British, US, Australian. Um, governments Mm -hmm. and these guys have been saying yep back in the 60s it was our policy to poo-poo these things uh we we and to claim that we were or weren't studying them or to actively mislead you you ufologists Mm -hmm. um in fact the united states air force had um i think it was called the osi um department and they would actively actively um infiltrate and propagate ufo contacts in order to give them 
snippets of information that they would spread out um, in order to mislead because they were covering the dark, the, the black projects, the black military projects right. at the time, and UFOs were. And, you know, now the secrecy veil has, has come, come off. Um, these people um, left, you know, major generals and colonels and, and congressmen and are all, you know, being interviewed and saying, yes, these programs existed. And it does make you wonder uh, about, you know, conspiracies because what they were saying was that in order to sell the the lie and the cover-up they had to make it credible by putting in some degree of truth Uh that was checkable and that that degree of proof could vary from a very little amount to actually almost the entire story um so you wonder now by the end of the documentary you end up you end up in a position of not actually trusting anything anymore anymore <laughs> i know it <laughs> because you start thinking well hang on is this are they still playing that game now which they almost certainly must be so you mean it's a chance the earth is still flat it could be well it's flat when i look out the window i don't That's see true. any uh, curvature i don't either and um, when I've been in a jet plane, I've looked out the window. The earth looks flat to me. I, we, I know what I saw. Were you really in it. a jet plane? You know, planes can't fly. It's impossible. Hey, there's a, I don't know if you've ever discovered it. There's a, a YouTuber up in your neck of the woods, lives in Boston, just outside oh, of Boston. Thanks a lot. And uh, no, this guy's posted hundreds and hundreds of videos about the, uh, the aviation conspiracy. Okay, the, please. No, it, it's it's fantastic. The jet planes don't use fuel to power their jet engines. They 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 just suck air in and blow air out. And oh, um, you sure that yeah. there are little strings hung out from somewhere. And, and that hang on, and that the Earth is a lot smaller than people imagine, uh, and the jet planes fly a lot slower than people imagine. Uh, um, they only travel at about seventy-five miles an hour. And he's worked this out. He's worked this out because he's got video of a jet plane with a little Cessna aeroplane apparently flying faster than it because this guy's never heard of parallax. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, explain that. We 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 can't just throw that out there. We have to explain that, Steve, if you would please. What parallax? Yes, because yeah, some people might not know that. Uh, Well, well, I would suggest that they Google it. It'd be easier, but basically. Basically, um, if you if you look uh, as an object as you go past it, mm-hmm. uh, depending upon your point of view, it can appear to be going faster or slower than than it really is. Yeah. And if you have two objects, uh, one is much further away going very fast, and one is much nearer going really slowly. Uh, depending upon your your point of view mm-hmm. and your perspective of it. The, the nearer, slower object can appear to be going faster than the fast, further object. And you can see this on any cl- slightly, you know, on those nice summer's days when there's white mm-hmm. fluffy clouds blowing along and you see the 500 mile an hour jet plane keeping pace with the clouds. Yeah. 
and you think, wow, those clouds must be blowing along at 500 miles an hour because that's <laughs> the speed of the jet plane and he's not catching the clouds up. Mm-hmm. It's, but this guy's made a, you know, he, he's, there are hundreds and hundreds of videos and he's, they get increasingly bizarre. And he goes down to Star Island uh, opposite uh, yeah, Logan Airport. Yeah, I know Been there. Uh, with his video camera. And he videos the aircraft landing and taking off from Logan. And then, then he he sort of times them on his on his um, Rolex. Uh, he, he, no, he's got a phone tracking app that oh. tracks flights. Oh, and yeah, you, <laughs> you got to watch it. You've just got to watch it. Yeah, that's something we don't look at. Uh, but I mean, it's it's all about relativity. I mean, you know, I uh, Wiseman is is what I I make fun of him a lot of times, but. He he did did a great uh, video on perspective of things, and and one of them was uh, different objects. They appeared large and small, uh, depending how close they were to the camera. Yada 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 yada. And you know it is. It's all perspective. I remember Josh Mantello from Berkshire Paranormal when he did his uh, uh, video on orbs. That you know he would have there, and he could have the somebody hold the moon in his hand. You know because it's once again it's all perspective it's how you like and that famous and the most famous uh, tourist video of all time uh, photograph of all time of people holding up the leaning tower of pisa oh yeah 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 that's never been done before (laughs) i've got i've got a photograph somewhere i took um of Of you of lots of people holding up the leaning tower of pisa Uh or try but my view is well, there's one of my own Facebook um, profile pictures. It was taken in London of the London Eye. And the London Eye is a is a big Ferris wheel that's about two yeah, feet across. Yeah, I know across. it's awesome. Yeah. And the picture taken by by Kath, um, a few feet behind me, and I'm holding it like the steering wheel of a car. <clears throat> it see all just, relative, just perspective. And yeah, it's yeah, the whole thing. It's got a lot to do, not only even the, the camera, the, you know, the camera lies. Sometimes everybody say, oh, cameras don't lie. Well, that's not true. Uh, well, it, cameras, cameras are, are, yeah, I mean, they're machines. Of course, exactly. they don't lie because a lie is a willful act. The camera doesn't do anything willful. But if, no, you, have very, give you, that. if it has a very wide angle lens, it will distort the world around it. The same as if it's using a telephoto lens, it distorts the view. But we accept that distorted re- view of reality as real, or some people do. And, um, you know, they, they, they use that to support and prop up their arguments. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, so it's not just um, cameras that lie. People no. lie. Yeah, that's true. But I, what I mean, lie meaning just what they see in it is not necessarily what's yeah, well, soon right. he's not believing, is it? Yeah, we got to go anyways. He's going to come up to the break. So I'm I'm confused now anyways. <laughs> got to have some more tea. Anyways, you're uh, listening to Ghost Chronicles International with Steve Parson and Ron Kolick right here on Tojanet Parax Radio, brought to you by Circles of Wisdom, 386 Maryland Street, Methuen, Massachusetts, the Glant Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North Andover, Massachusetts, and our super-duper good friends on Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon and uh, members of the Dead Air Society. You, too, can become a member. Go to Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon and check it out. We'll be right back. 
Welcome to Tokinet, radio with a cutting edge. Do you have a paranormal event, book, or something else you want people to know about? Then why not advertise it on Ghost Chronicles Radio? With over 150,000 downloads a month, get your message out to an audience that's interested in the subject. We have a plan at a cost that fits your needs. For more information, contact Ron Kolick at anyghostproject at comcast.net or call 978-455-6678. They're creepy and they're kooky, mysterious and spooky. They all talk ugly gooky, the Parax family. The shows are paranormal, not stuffy but informal. The topics are abnormal, the Parax family. They're strange. Unrestrained. So grab your favorite brew. It's time to rendezvous as we give the awards to the Parrax family. And wherever you are in the world, welcome back to part two of the first half of a two-part Ghost Chronicles Mega Blast. This is the international edition, and we followed by the next uh, by the next generation. And we before the break, we were discussing. I think we were discussing conspiracy theories. Uh, I may yes. have been mistaken. Well, we but were talking a lot about saying. things, but I do want to, uh, you know, before the break, I did mention uh, our good friends of, of Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon, and I've been posting up a couple of uh, videos up on there from an old uh, WNDS uh, interview I did. It was an hour show that I was on and back in my early days, 2005, and uh, it's it's interesting because I look at some of these old ones, and I see, you know things I said that I don't particularly agree with now. And it, it kind of get me thinking because of, of the stupid world we live in now is that people are losing their jobs and, and getting uh, castrated publicly uh, because of things they did in their youth or, or whatever. And uh, to me, that's, that's ridiculous. That's what we're here on the earth for is to, to learn and grow. And uh, we are human. We do make mistakes. And uh, to to persecute for someone's something done in the past is ridiculous. But all right. So, yeah, you can go back to conspiracies. Oh, no. Oh, oh God. I'm so glad that I started ghost hunting in the days before social media. <laughs> well, that, I, we didn't really have social media when I started. Uh, no. You know. Those were I mean, but yeah. we, 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 we didn't have any of that pressure. We, we, we could make That's as true. many mistakes as we like and the evidence is buried. Um, it, you know, because there was no pressure on us to go live on social media, but yeah. produce started, anything. Yeah. Or produce anything like universities. Mm. Going back to the start of the show though, we were talking about TSA and airports, yes. jet planes. Yeah. And that reminds what was flashing through my mind was the Twilight Zone episode. In fact, it, oh, it, it comes back. Love every, Twilight Zone. 
every time I I go to an airport, you know, get, get to get on a plane, uh, particularly yeah. a night flight. Um, you know, you glance out the window and always expecting to see the gremlin sitting <laughs> on the wing. That that famous. I was I can't remember. I was young. I was young. I was possibly seven or eight years old, and I remember yeah. on a Saturday night. Uh, being allowed to stay up to watch the Twilight Zone, and yeah, uh, awesome. of all of the episodes, that one little scene, and it was recreated later by Spielberg in, you know, in the movie Gremlins. Right. Um, but that one um, little scene, William with Shatner, William Shatner, William yeah. Shatner sitting yeah. in the seat, a nervous flyer, and uh, looks out the window in the storm, and the lightning flashes, and there's the Gremlin sitting on the wing of the jet. And, um, yeah, there was just, I, I was going back over so many of the old episodes. Yeah. And, I do want to, um, I don't want to think about that. I, there, to me, that is one of my, my other one. And then there's one other one too. And it had something to do with what we were talking about earlier. And that's of course, when the, uh, aliens come to the earth and we get to go visit their planets and they have the book and the, they oh, board yeah. the planet the guy yells out, it's a cookbook. <laughs> oh, Remember yeah. that? Yeah, That's, that was those are the two that really stand out in my mind. Yeah, if you're if you're listening to the podcast or even live, let us know what your favorite standout moment from the Twilight Zone is. Oh my god, yeah, That's those yeah. days ago, and most people are so busy they don't really listen live. They're no, I, I I I I reckon that you know the Twilight Zone will still jog some memories. You know what? Uh, we should post that up on our page too. Do it. Yeah, that's what we'll do it. Yeah, I'll do it. I'll do it. Yeah. Let's find out what people's favorite memories because Twilight Zone. I mean Which you, by the way, we can is, announce, I guess. Tickets aren't on sale, but we can announce it if you want. Go right ahead. Well, why don't you do it, my friend? Well, I was just gonna say because I've mentioned I'm coming back in the in the fall, I'll be back for Spirit Quest. Which is the uh, final weekend in September this year? I can't remember the exact date off the top the of my head. Twenty ninth, the first and the second. There we go. Right. Uh, no, 30, so final... Excuse me, thirtieth, first and second. My bad. Yeah, it's the final weekend in September, yeah. and we've yeah. chosen this year's theme to be the Twilight Zone. Ooh. So, and, uh, yeah. and and inspired by by that one little scene for, as a small boy and my love of aeroplanes and aviation or airplanes, as Americans call them. Um, I'm going to be doing an aeroplane. Why? What do you call it? Uh, well, you see, in Britain, they're called aeroplanes. Yeah, airplanes. No, aero. A-E-R-O. Yeah, but you got such plane. cool names like an aerodome. What is an aerodome? We have lots of cool names for stuff. What's an aerodome? An aerodome. Yeah. An inflatable building, normally a fairly large one that covers uh, like a playing area or a tennis court or a oh, that's what sports it is. Hall. Yeah, aerod. What do they call those things? I thought they were like airports. Oh, an, an aerodrome. Yeah, yeah, that, that's an airport, a small yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. So if cool. it's a smaller, what the Americans would call an airfield is an aerodrome. Ah, it's an old-fashioned word for them. Yeah. You know, it's it's funny, but uh, in Drake, Drake is a small town in Massachusetts on the New Hampshire border, and 
God, for a little town, we had so much. We had our our own amusement park. We had a our own uh, paddle wheel boat. We had a racetrack. I mean, a, uh, a yeah, our automobile racetrack. We had a ski lift, and we had our own airfield as well. So we had all those cool things up in the little town of Drake. It back in the day, that's what they used to do things. Not anymore though. Now it's, it's not much. It's much the same over here. Um, yeah, you know, uh, here we've got. Um, lots of old, you know, sort of closed down airfields, aerodromes, mm. military aerodromes, um, leisure uh, facilities that have long gone. What we're not short of are castles, and yeah, oh no, we've got plenty of them <laughs> um, <laughs> dotting around. In fact, from from the house, we can actually see. I think it's eight. If you really? Yeah, there's eight castles you can see from our house. Oh, lovely. Um, they go back, you know, uh, the nearest one is actually probably the oldest one, um, less than less than 250 feet is a what's called a fort. Well, it, the way archaeologists um, label these things, if it's Clara, a fort, yeah, classify them. Yeah. A fort is typically an old uh, pre-Roman establishment. Oh, okay. So up up to and including the Romans, they are forts. I see. Defensive structures after that become castles. Ah, so are uh, so although there's a lot of grey, you know, sort of areas in between where one has been built on top of another, and so mm. you've got forts on castles and castles on forts and yep. blah blah blah. Um. And then there's all sorts of subclassification, but we have about 250 feet from the house. We have a, uh, it's a, it's an earthwork that was originally a fortified earthwork that was called a fort, and it dates back to. Is it a heritage site? Yeah, yeah, it's protected. Okay. Um, predates the Romans by about 1,500 years, 2,000 years. Wow. Um, and then we have some standing stones and we have some burial chambers. Nearby. Yeah, it'll be fun when I get over there. I'm, I'm excited. And then down at the bottom of the road, about 600 feet away, we have a castle. And then out of, you know, further away, several miles away are where the rest are. But we can see about eight. Mm, awesome. With the naked eye and a couple huh. more with binoculars. That's pretty cool. Now... Now we had we had talked about UFOs, and of course last yeah. year they the Air Force released their footage, the long-awaited footage of all those UFOs. Uh, what you thought was on that? that? The Navy. It was the Navy, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yes. The Tic Tacs. Yes. Yeah. Not impressed. Uh, I was a bit disappointed. If I'm honest, uh, I think everybody was, to tell you the truth. Um, you know, much hype, fascinating video uh, taken, you know, taken by the F-18 fighters, um, mm. and you can listen to the crew. You know what what the freak is that, and you know trying to catch this thing and mm. catch it up, and then there's one that splashes into the water, and you're right next to uh, you know carrier battle groups, and captured mm. by 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 their electronic uh, viewing systems as well. Yep. Whatever it is, is fascinating. But the video itself just shows something. Uh, it doesn't tell us anything. No. 
which was a bit disappointing. Yeah. But that that footage was actually shown as part of one of these documentaries. Um, if you want to check it out yourself, it's called Phenomena. Um, it's Phenomena. Quite new. Oh, that's that new show you started watching, right? No, it's a it's a two and a half hour long documentary. Oh, two and a half hour long documentary. Yeah, okay. uh, it's called Phenomena. So if you want to check it out, I don't know if it's uh, on US TV at the moment, but it's on British TV. Um, on Blaze, I think the channel was having the UFO week. But uh, Ethan, as you know, eleven year old, was in the room for part of it, and mm. he he saw this footage, and he was immediately, oh, aliens don't exist. There's no such thing, you know. If aliens, <laughs> if aliens do exist, they're just bacteria and, and <laughs> bugs that they might find on Mars, or you know, uh, what. Yeah. Uh, completely dismissive. And I, I, I was telling him that where we live in West Wales. Mm-hmm. was the centre of one of the biggest UFO flaps um, in British history, British ufology. Is that the one um, of the woods? No, no, that's, that's the opposite side of the country. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, that's that's Bentwaters, uh, Woodbridge, Lake and Heath. Yeah, because um, I remember uh, Nick Pope, when he came on the show one time, yeah. was talking about that. Yeah, all right, um, go ahead. I'm sorry. Carry that on. Involved the, well, that involved the US Air Force and US yeah, Air, Force, yeah. uh, Air Force bases. But this... This took place in the 80s at a school about a mile, about two or three miles from here called Broadhaven. And all of the children were in the playground and watched as this object descended, landed, and then took off again. Mm-hmm. Uh, they described it, they drew it. Uh, and then over, this, over the, the next six months, there was a series of uh, sightings, not just of craft, but also of what were described as silver-suited spacemen, very tall, Ooh, uh, wearing silver suits with, with you know, your traditional visored space helmets. Probably Russians. Uh, walking around, uh, scaring people. Um, and two or three books were written about it. It made all of the, all of the, uh, the national press, the international mm-hmm. press, the local media. Um, and when I first moved down here, it was something that, you know, I did look into. Oh, you did? Because, well, it, it fascinated me. You know, was there any truth to this? And over the years, I've met probably about eight or nine of the school children and one of the teachers, and mm-hmm. their stories do hang together. Um, and That's interesting. The, the skeptics, you know, the usual thing from the skeptics, oh, it was a military helicopter or oh, it was a hoax. So it was there, was, there was definitely, on one or two occasions, there was definitely some hoaxing, you know, pranking going on um but sort of like the crop circle stuff kind of you know when whenever something makes the papers there's always going to be somebody who's going to prank it um or try and come forward afterwards and claim they pranked it i mean that happens you know even with Borley rectory uh the the haunting of Borley rectory there was somebody that claimed that they'd hoax the whole thing um and wrote a book but what's interesting about about the you know when you speak to the people first hand face to face is their honesty and their integrity they're not out to make a book uh, a buck they they don't talk about it they don't promote they don't go onto radio shows or tv shows we tried to get them onto uh, the west files radio show they wouldn't do Ooh. it uh, but they were happy to to talk to people about it um and it's gone down in, you know, people want to check it out. Look at the David Enigma um, or the David Triangle. That's D-Y-F-E-D, 
Dovid, mm-hmm. that's the county, uh, or the Broadhaven Triangle. And of course, there was a US military base right in the middle of the area uh, that was doing some secret underwater stuff um, that's now been declassified. But I was trying to explain to, to Ethan you know, that we live right in the middle of this very famous case that took place long before, you know, we were here and he mm-hmm. was here. Um, but what was what was interesting is talking to um, a witness and one of the accounts um, that took place very locally, in fact, directly over where our house is, although our house didn't exist then. Um, but we live atop a, a hill. Uh, with panoramic views that's why we can see eight castles and um, there was a sighting from Benton Castle which is the castle about six or seven hundred yards away down the hill and they came back uh, you know after being out and they were parking their Jaguar car because uh, you know they're in a castle for Christ's sake of course they're going to drive a Jaguar <laughs> uh, and they watched it, these uh, don't everybody in the UK own castles uh, most of us, yeah, most of us. Um, but they were out, you know, at, at this particular location, and they they witnessed something in the sky, and it flew, and then it descended and disappeared. And the spot that they marked on the map when he was talking to me, he put a you know like an X on the map, mm-hmm. and I went, "You've just put that X right over our house, <laughs> <laughs> literally on top of the house." Oh wow! Now. I didn't know at the time, and it's got nothing to do with the UFO, but um, looking into the history of the the site where the house is on, because, hey, that's what we do over here. You know, it's nice to know a little bit about the history of the land. The house house isn't very old, but the area is. Um, Old farming community, been here, uh, you know, we've got the burial chambers that go back three, four thousand years. We've got the fort that goes back probably two, three thousand years. We've got the castle. Uh, we are on high ground, so it's an obvious place where uh, man would have lived. Uh, we're on an old roadway that's been here. You know, it's on, been on maps for the last five or six hundred years. Um, so it was, you know, you, you start digging and then you discover that this was a huge. There are bumps and lumps in the field adjacent to the house uh, that look like World War One trenches. And I mentioned that to somebody uh, who's. Uh, a friend, he's also a PhD historian um, specialising in, in you know, the history of this area. And he said, well, of course, you know that during the First World War, all of the area uh, up on top of uh, where you live is was um, an army training camp. And they built a whole system of trenches right across the top so the soldiers could practice. Mm-hmm. And what you're seeing are the remnants of those trenches. Oh, wow. He said, but more interestingly, um, he said that uh, all of the little villages that surround here all have little village halls, you know, where they they're still there. They're still in nightly use by clubs and societies and dance groups and women's institutes and boy scouts, uh, boy scouts. And they're all the original army huts from World War One that were donated to the communities um, around the area when the army pulled out. Hmm. So, yeah. Do you ever, I mean, you ever get not, your metal detector and go out there? It's so tempting. 
I've I've dug up some I've dug up some things in the garden and um we whenever the farmer plows his field we'll go out field walking and see if we can you know find some uh and we have you know down the years we've we've got some Roman glass and we've got some medieval pottery oh, and sweet. Uh, just lying around on the surface I I used to uh, but I have never taken the metal detector on it although uh, I do I I do have permission to do that but oh that's great but not got round to that yet. Saving that for uh, yeah. another day. You know, we, we in in uh, New England have our own uh, huge UFO thing, and of course that is the uh, uh, Betty Hill, Betty and Bonnie oh, Hill. Oh yeah, that's right. Which, which uh, they lived in Portsmouth, New Hampshire, and there's actually a placket, a roadside placket with their their abduction, their alien abduction thing, and they Whoa. they go into detail it was the first uh it was yeah and uh, it was something you i think it was my first or second trip i discovered that that the, the um betty and barney hill case was new hampshire yeah and I, I i never mentioned it at the time because i realized it when i got back that i should have should have realized except how big new hampshire is um, I'm going. Can we have a drive down that road? <laughs> yeah, we could have. Unfortunately, they were coming back from uh, uh, Montreal, and they were passing through. And I mean, they they talk about Franconia Notch, of course, and the old man of the mountain, which is gone, by the way. Mother Nature took them away. Uh, oh well. Yep. There you go. They took so, the Green Bridge away. Uh, one of our uh, we have a. Or we had a geological arch on the coast that disappeared over the winter. Really? Yeah. Honestly? Finally fell down. Oh wow. And uh there's when when we first came down here, there was um on one of the beaches there's a big, huge rock that was so huge that you know people uh, when they went to the went to the beach in the summer would climb it. It was like a little mountain sticking out of the out of the beach. Mm-hmm. And um, down the years, it's got smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller. And now, you know, my boys are you know, only eleven and eight, but they they can actually look over it now. Whereas <laughs> in the past, whereas in the past, you know, like, don't climb up that rock; you'll fall off and hurt yourself. <laughs> yeah, part the, of the old uh, pole scene. So when so. You, when you come over, we can uh, we can take a ride and go see uh, that video cool. thing. Yeah, because cool. it it's kind of you know the reason I looked into the as long as you pay for the gas. <laughs> I don't mind. I don't mind. It's pretty, yeah, we'll, 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 who uh, knows? Yeah. It'll probably be thirty five dollars a gallon by then. Yeah, we'll go on GoFundMe or Patreon. Now yeah, or yeah, GoFundMe. Yeah, GoFundMe so Steve can see the body black <laughs> Billy and Bond. Yeah, oh, if, it, if if it's anything like the Westfield night. <laughs> What about true adventures? Uh, yeah. It was what? for those that for those that don't know or may have missed the episodes where we've talked about this. Ron and I went on a road trip to see the Westfield Night, which is a historic uh, car- rock carving that that yep. resembles very closely resembles a recumbent Crusader knight from the 15th century. Sinclair. Um, and there are legends attached to that that suggests yep. that you know um pre-columbus 
mm-hmm. that the Freemasons and the St. Clair family from Scotland yeah. sailed across the Atlantic and made landfall on the New England coast and went went exploring and settling there. And the Westfield Knight is a fascinating archaeological item that's out of place. If you can see and, it. And uh, so we went off to see it. And after uh, a fairly lengthy drive to Westfield, and then a West long Westford, 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 Westford Ford. sorry, Westford, yes. then an even longer drive up and down every road in Westford, and a mm-hmm. visit to the museum, we eventually discovered the Westford Knight, or rather, we didn't, because <laughs> it, it was under a roadside construction, uh, or it was adjacent to a roadside construction. It's like a giant crate on top of it. And they protected the night by putting on top of it a giant wooden crate. A coffin. <laughs> or coffin or sarcophagus. So <laughs> all we saw was a lot of traffic cones, tape, and a big wooden pallet. Box. Yeah, that was... Um, yeah, that yeah. was a good adventure. <laughs> yeah. And uh, made worse by the long queue on the interstate. Uh you always have to bring that up. Don't mention traffic. That just gets me <laughs> all irritated. But anyway. Yeah, not uh, as bad as the traffic going out to East Bridgewater. Just, uh, you're yeah. bringing lots of bad memories back. I, I like to remember the good ones, Steve. Like Hanon Castle. Those are our good ones. I like Hammond Castle because it looks, out over, it looks out over uh, York. And... Um, of course, mm-hmm. is it York? Gloucester? Gloucester? Yeah. No. Gloucester. No, York's Maine, isn't it? Yeah, so it is Gloucester. What's the name of the, is it the point where the sea monster was seen? Gloucester. Was it Gloucester? Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. I'll take your word for it. I know it's the right place because I remember last time we went to Hammond Castle, um, while you were exploring inside, I was taking pictures of the point and the lighthouse and the bay because they were where the uh, sea monster had been seen, sighted. So um, I, uh, you know, before the pandemic, I was doing this big documentary on uh, sea monsters and lake monsters and sea serpents. And uh, I went to the uh, and nuclear Gloucester, wearing sunglasses. Gloucester Historical Society and uh you know, I've got quite a few details on that monster uh, that I was able to collect. So, yeah, I know it's Gloucester. <laughs> That's one thing. No, I, I, I think that the, the, there was another sighting at York, Maine, though, wasn't there? <sighs> I'm not aware of that, but I'm sure there is. That... There is. There's one up there. I have the article somewhere. I, I'm sure I've read that York, Maine has got a sea monster site. They all have sea to monster, it. You know, if, if you know, you need tourism, so you have sea monsters. No, 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 no. Yeah, tourists, yes, but that that one in Gloucester is it's probably one of the most compelling because it was there for so long. People were going out in rowboats and sailboats to go see the bloody thing. Yes, uh, Harvard University sent out their team uh, to yeah. investigate it. So, uh, yeah. Right. You know, there were day trippers coming out from, um, you know, hundreds the cities. Hundreds of people. I, I was going to say, not just tens, hundreds, thousands of people were coming out to see this. No, thing. no, no thousands, hundreds. And it was there for a considerable amount of time before it swam Absolutely. off. 
and they yeah. didn't explain it. But if you read the accounts, it doesn't appear to be a whale or a dolphin or a a marine animal that we know of. Uh, you know, it looks this, like Biden. What slippery and old? No, asleep. Oh yeah, well, I'll give you. Sorry that about that. Uh, that was a joke. It's a joke. Don't get excited, people. <laughs> yeah, anyway. no Biden jokes this week. Yeah, I can't. Someone will come up and slap me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, All right, we do have to wrap it up because I've got to do this was... this last word thing. So, uh, Steve, if you want to, uh, first I'll thank our office, then I'll let you say goodbye. Um, we want to thank our uh, sponsors, Circles of Wisdom, 386 Merrimack Street, Methuen, mm-hmm. Massachusetts, the client, Messier Family Law Group, 15 High Street, North End of Massachusetts, and our super duper good friends on Patreon. Uh, Ghost Chronicles Radio on Patreon. Check it out. Become a member. Help and, the cause. And it's a good night for me, and I hand you over for the, to the, for the final word to our host. Yeah, well, 30 seconds, so let's see what happens. All right, so as as I mentioned, we're going to do this thing called the final word, which get on with it. Yes, whatever. Anyways, uh, what the hell was I going to say? I forgot my final word. Anyways, uh, so my final word comes from Emilian Zapper, the Mexican revolutionary, who said, "Don't let me die like this. Say I said something," and that's the final word. Goalies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.